talking about why people are hungry or why they long or why they desire the Holy Ghost. There are people that are uh, hungry for God and they don't know it. Did you know that people, and I know we've already said some of this, but people have done lots of things trying to fill a need that only God could fill. They just don't realize that. What I'm really saying is that the human, Sis French doesn't know that I'm going to lay this cough drop. If she comes in, don't tell her, please, that I've laid this cough drop. Because <laughs> the Holy Ghost and this cough drop are all I have between uh, now and the end of this Bible lesson. Um, if you don't know me well, my, I usually have a very lovely voice, not this, this one. All right. So you, we all know people that are, let's say, addicted or who are angry or fearful. Basically, if you had a coin, if, if your emotions were like a coin, one side would be anger, the other side would be fear. It's just one coin. They're really the same thing. But some people respond, you see it as fear. Did you know that some of the most uh, outgoing people are fearful? But they don't demonstrate that. Uh, I, I used to have a very close friend years ago, and it was in my wedding. with just a, a very close friend, went to college together. And he always demonstrated the most, um, uh, he was so outgoing that, and I was basically a very shy person. And, and so I admired him for his, I mean, he could just do almost anything. And then one day he shared with me that he was actually very insecure. And he told me about his family. And, and uh, so a lot of times people don't demonstrate what is going on in their life. But the fact of the matter is that people have longings and desires that they don't understand. Now, a psychologist will tell you, for example, that... <clears throat> Uh, someone is doing this because their uh, mother or their father, their parents uh, treated them a certain way. And so that causes them. It, it, modern psychology in many cases has become sort of a blame, uh, a blame science where all of my troubles, I, bl I have to blame that on something that someone else has done. And, and so... Uh, we're not really seeing what it is that's going on inside of us, but but okay. So all that little 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 psychology there to say that many many times people are really just longing for there's something in their soul, but they don't even know they have a soul. They don't know that. Someone said, "Well, I do this because my friends get drunk like this." Well, I I know I get that, but. But what's really going on is they're searching, they're looking. And in other words, they don't know what they're looking for. They, they, they know they want, they say, I want fun. I want to, and when you're young, you, you may not even have the concept that, you know, you're just doing what everybody else is doing. 
Now, let's look at John 7 here. It, it's coming up here, but if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at several scriptures. How many have, don't wave your hand. I don't want anybody to feel bad. If you have your Bible, then you are the, no, I'm just kidding. If you have your Bible, that's great because we're going to, how many knows that in a Bible lesson, we, we use a Bible? You, okay, so we're, we're, what we're doing, now I like to put my lessons on overlay. So I went to this lake this river, <laughs> and I took this picture. No, I, I didn't take this picture, but I did go to the computer and took that picture right off of the computer and put this together because I want to talk about why it is that people long for the Holy Ghost. Now, so this is really a theol. It's not a psychological question. It's a theological question. It's a Bible lesson. What is it that causes people to be hungry for the Holy Ghost? People of all, how many have been, uh, have any knowledge of the fact that uh, the 800 year old amazing uh, Catholic cathedral known as Notre Dame uh, burned up almost completely, except for the stone itself? Anybody, anybody hear about that? Okay. Okay, so that means uh, many of us, most of us know. And one of the interesting sides to it are, I just, someone, uh, just this morning, someone handed me something. There was an article by a Catholic gentleman, and he was talking about the, the impact of the burning of the cathedral and how it, of course, he obviously was a Catholic, and he had the faith of Catholics, and so he was discussing that. But the longing for God is uh, an issue that many, many people don't, realize it, it could be the uh, someone uh, least expected is actually in their heart. They're longing for God to do something in their life. Of course, with the culture like we're in and a lot of pain, a lot of things happening. We got the most money of any generation, but we're not the happiest generation. I'll tell you that right now. So I'm reading two verses here for our lesson. I've already done this. I'm, I'm doing this for the folks that didn't get in on the first part of the lesson. It says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirsts. Can you say that? If any man thirsts. And, of course, you know that the thirst he's referring to is not if you need a Coca-Cola. It had to do with spiritual thirst. It has to do with what I'm talking about. If any man thirsts, Jesus said, let him, what? Come unto me and drink. So if you, if you thirst. So what we're asking is why do people thirst? I keep saying hungry. Uh, they desire it. They want it. They need it. Or they're thinking about it. You'd be surprised the people right now that are as, just as unreligious, non-religious, but yet deep in their heart, they're... N- hoping for something now i don't mean they're hoping for to come to this church or or to get into the bible they for example you'd be surprised the number of young people that are saying i don't believe in church but i really do believe in god did you know it's a record number does anybody know that according to surveys of of what we now call millennials and and whatever they're calling the group below them i've heard different names i'm not going to venture which what we should call them but the the really younger generation of actual young adults they are they are polling 
as as though that really matters. They are polling as some of the most spiritually hungry people. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we are in a culture that is as far from God as it's going to get until because we are literally seeing a world in in turmoil. A spiritual turmoil. I don't mean there's world wars and so on uh, and so forth, but just a spiritual turmoil in our world. So if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then you have to pull in verse 39, which is here. So I'm throwing that in. This spake he of what? The Holy Ghost. He's speaking, verse 38, he that believes, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. He's speaking of the spirit. So this is why. So this is our first venture to say this is why people are thirsting. This is why people are longing for the spirit because they their soul uh, requires God. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I can't seem to I, I, I don't want to stay here, but did you know that there's n- OK? I don't know if you're going to believe this, but, you know, it wouldn't be the first time. Did you know they have not found a culture? In the history of the world, even with the theory of evolution and 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 human supposedly human beings go back and uh, so many years and so which I don't care I'm not getting into that but they they've found the the most ancient cultures of human beings that we have discovered on this planet and guess what they have not found a single culture of human beings that didn't have religion. They all had some form, something. Uh, I mean, as far back as you can go. Uh, I, of course, I, uh, I, I, so I'm going to leave it right there. What I'm trying to say is there's no such thing as a human being that doesn't have some kind of spiritual longing. Whatever you call it, whatever they're doing. And the question is, why is that? And I'm telling you why. Because God put a soul into the human uh, life and that soul longs for him. Now, they may not know that's what they're longing for. For example, there are people that wonder in their minds, what is wrong with me? What's going on in my life? I've had, especially I'll have, being a pastor, I'll have uh, a young lady say, I, I, just, I just don't know what's going on with my husband. I hear that more than I hear any other, <laughs> which uh, I shouldn't share that. Uh, and, and so what they're really saying is, I just don't know what's happening in my husband's mind. And the first thing I say is, well, you, you might want to think about what God is doing in his. He doesn't know it, but that's God. That's his hunger for God. He doesn't, not that, see, we think of someone hungering like, oh, I want to do the right thing. No, 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 this, this is a longing that they, it's, it, it's almost incomprehensible what's going on, but it is the cry of the soul. Does anybody here love God here this morning? You love the Lord? You know what I'm talking about. He that believes out of his innermost being is going to flow the rivers of water, and that's the spirit, because we were created for it to happen. As sure as that river right there, wherever that is, whoever took that picture, as it's flowing, the spirit flows and people 
Uh, okay, let's go this route. Because I, I, I can tell some of you are still needing coffee, all right? Now, let's go this route. There, there are people that, uh, okay, let's, let's take it just right down to the bottom of the, right down to the basement, all right? You cannot live without water. How many knows that? Anybody know you cannot live without water? See, everybody in this room knows that. That's why the Lord said this. See, we got right down to the basement. There's no such thing as living. So Jesus said, if you believe, then he's going to give you living waters. To parallel the fact that you cannot live without water and you can't live without the Lord. The spirit of the Lord. You're, you were created with both a physical need. Um, now, I, I'm one of these people. Now, Sister French, uh, I, I, uh, uh, is she not here? Okay, I can say this. Um, she drinks a lot of water. And she tells me, she reads the reports and says, you're supposed to drink a whole gallon of water every few minutes or whatever. And I tell her, if the Lord wanted me to drink that much water, you know, anyway, I have some excuse because I don't like water. Now, I, I, I know that sounds like a, apostasy. And she does. She has a uh, it, it's her uh, um, water thing and she's got a name for it. it. You have to order it from Congress. I mean, it's this big thing and it has a thing on it and it. And if it, and it's not na- it's not natural, it's in unnatural. You can put ice in it in the morning, and that evening it's still in there. You say they don't make one of those. No, no, no. Come by, I will show it to you. Now it melts a little bit, but th- you can even the next day. I told her, I said, "Hun, that is that's not natural. You you might not ought to drink that water because that ice is still in there." I mean, how is it not melting? Well, that that thing from you order from Congress has some kind of something. It just holds that cold ice in there. Now, I will get a little cup about this big. I mean, that big, pretty good size, about like that. And then I will, you know, and then I have to hold my nose and I take a little bit of water because I, I hate it. I wish I told her, I said, honey, Coke has water in it. And she says, you are not the brilliant man I thought you were, hon. Of course, Coke does have water in it. But anyway, uh, it, that doesn't mean it's good for you. I'm just saying it does have water. And uh, the point of the matter is, no matter what I like or think, I cannot live without water. We're fixing to go on a church fast, and we're, we're looking at ways through the next several months to get involved in more fasting and believing for revival. And... Uh, Sometimes people will say, well, I, I want to I'm going to go without water for 10 days. And I said, no, you're not. It will kill you. You cannot go without water. It's not possible. You'll have to get water from somewhere. And, and some people, I mean, they know they can't go. with. They just think they can go without water for as long as they want. And eventually you go back to the water. Well, eventually you can't get to the water because you're dead. You have to have it. All right. Now, let's go to the next slide. And uh, I've got to keep an eye here on the time. So uh, John says, the spirit, you know him, for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. Now, what, uh, of course, I love that picture. I found this uh, 
Bible with the water in it. Do you see that? It, can you tell that's a Bible with water in it? Uh, which, of course, is fake. We know that's just fake, but still, it's just interesting to me. And so I said, I'm using that. I'm using that Bible with the water in it. Because what Jesus is telling us in John 14 is that, and I'm going to do this quickly, that he is the water. I will give you the water. It will be the spirit. But what he's telling us is that's his spirit. It's not some other spirit over here. It's his spirit. And we've already said that. In verse uh, th- uh, 17 of 2 Corinthians 3 says, the Lord is that spirit. So in other words, the spirit is the Lord. Where the spirit of the Lord, everyone say the spirit of the Lord. Where the spirit of the Lord is what? There is liberty. All right, now let's go to the next slide. No, let's skip these. Okay, we've already sufficiently, uh, I, I'm not going to review this with you, but of course, uh, the point of showing you the dove at Jesus, because that's not the actual dove. No one took the picture of the dove over Jesus' head. That's just a dove someone got a picture of, and I grabbed it. But the symbol of the dove is a symbol of why people hunger for God. Just like the dove, you know, of course, it's a symbol of peace and all that. But the dove represents the spirit of God and the fact that, that Christ is the one who gives the spirit. And that he is the one that, because of his sacrifice, he is able to pour out the spirit. In fact, let's go to that. Let's go to the next one. All right. Let's actually we're gonna skip it. So there's his baptism. Let's go to the next one. Now, now we're in the book of Acts. Everyone, grab your Bible because now we're gonna go quickly. We're gonna look at several scriptures. I'm gauging myself. I never run out of time. That's one of the things I'm really good at is getting it all in in our Bible lesson. And in verse uh, 3 of chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 3. Do you have your Bibles? You can try to read it from up here if you'd like. But unfortunately, I put some of the words in a lime green, and it's almost impossible to see it. All right? But I'm going to read it. And there appeared unto them, this is the day of Pentecost, cloven tongues as a fire. Does everyone see that? Now, why, why are we going here? We were looking at the dove. It came down. That was a symbol of, what am I saying? The dove symbolizes what we all feel spiritually in our need for God. Now we're looking at them receiving the spirit and the symbol of a flame of fire on their head. Now, everyone with me? Uh, okay, some of you are not with me. You're still, you've got to, uh, you've got to uh, try to join us here. All right, now, see right there? What's that word right there? See that little red ball that keeps moving? Do you know why it's moving? Because I can't hold it still. See, I've tried. I I don't know if someone. uh, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to hold it as still as I can. Here we go. That's not well, that's not good. All right. So uh, and what is that word? As. All right. So it didn't say that it was a flame of fire. So well, then what was it if it appeared to be a flame of fire? It says it was as a flame of fire. Well, it was a presentation of the fire. It was supernatural, and it was not an actual fire. How many knows that if you put fire in your hair, you're in trouble? Does anybody know that? 
Okay, I just want to make sure you understood that. They didn't have fireballs on their head and, their, and then they had to go, all the apostles were bald-headed. No, that's not the way it was. Uh, that's not the point. It wasn't actual fire. It never said it was actual fire. It was a symbol. It was, it was real, not that it was actual fire. It was a real, they saw it with their eyes because the Lord put it there and it was a, uh, there appeared unto them cloven tongues. Cloven meaning uh, a split like a fire, the flames, <laughs> watch my fingers. No, the, the flame splits and, and the, the that's the, sometimes we call that the tongue of the fire or the flame, the flicker. The, there's different shoots of the fire. That's cloven, the split fire moving. There's no, the picture here is, is not helping us uh, because, first of all, I covered up the flames of fire and, uh, and they, didn't, they didn't look very good anyway. And so uh, there appeared unto them cloven and uh, of tongues of fire and it sat upon each of them. Now, there's no question that the tongues of the flame were symbolic of the l- tongues they were speaking. But the word tongues in this case means languages. And so the symbol of the flame was the symbol of the uh, speaking in other tongues. Now, I want to say this because I'm going to work through several things over the next couple of seconds. So we've got time to work through a few more. You will be surprised in a world where we go to the moon and uh, build skyscrapers, that one in Dubai, I mean, just unbelievable what, what human ingenuity can do. You'd be surprised the people that say, tell me about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about at universities at the top echelons. I'm talking about presidents of colleges. I'm talking about people that have so many degrees. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. And yet they're saying, you, you, you speak in other tongues? Like, like in the Bible? Well, yes, I, I do. Tell me about that. How, how, how does that work exactly? One, I was at a meeting, not well, whenever this was, and, and they said, would you, uh, I'm not going to tell the setting for that. Would, would you, uh, Reverend, you know, I was there, and I was the only person that, that was Pentecostal and spoke in tongues. And they said, would you, um, uh, very sincerely, would you uh, speak in tongues for us? That's what's very, very. Now, of course, it, it seems a little weird, but, but the fact of the matter was they, they were sincere. Then it's, I said, no, uh, no, it doesn't work like that. And I said, but I will tell you that, um, that uh, God healed, I've seen God heal cancer right in front of your eyes. And, and I told him of a particular case, and I said, and here's where they were, and here's the doctor. Call them and ask them if it's true. I said, and, and I told him of personal experiences where I had seen God do a miracle. In fact, we were in one meeting uh, where a woman had a cancer growth on her neck, and it fell right off into her hand. She caught it in her hand. And I said, I saw that. Now, you can say, you're crazy. But they didn't say that. Now, they might have thought it, but they didn't say it. And they said, uh, they, they were like, wow, yeah. Told them about a little baby that was sick and how they wasn't, wasn't expected to even make it. And how that God just came into the room. Now, these were not Pentecostal people. They weren't even Christians. I'm trying to not tell you any more about it. And, and they said, uh, tell us about this experience 
and of course, you might say, well, that's just fascination. But what I'm trying to do is, is show you that people are hungering for God. And when they hear about something, they I know people laugh at it. Uh, I've seen young people laugh at like make fun of speaking in tongues. You know, the worst thing you could ever do. I know you're not kids in here, but and I know this is the adult class, but the worst thing you could ever do in front of your children is to laugh at or make fun. Even I don't mean that you're being blasphemous. Some people could do that, but I don't mean you would ever do that. But let's say you just take it so lightly that you pretend like in fake speaking in tongues, you know, blah, 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 or whatever. And you're doing this just to make a joke of it. I would never. It'd be like making to me. It'd be the same as making a joke of Calvary. To say somebody's uh, talking about the blood of Jesus running down in the thorn and you laughing and make. Now, I know Hollywood makes fun of it. Hollywood has become so blasphemous. Their judgment day. Let me tell you, there's a, a reckoning day coming. But I'd never in front of my children ever, ever. Now, our children played church all the time. My three boys, they played church and it was kind of like this. Bam, 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 bam. All right, let's get back in the pew now. And I mean, you know, they play church and they'd have little pulpits and they preached and so on. But if they ever, ever talked about things that were sacred, we'd say, no, that no, always speak sacred. Of course, we never had a television in our home. And so we ne- they never sat up and started looking at some uh, blasphemous person uh, do or say something or hear it in some way or listen to music that was blasphemous. You'd be surprised. The kind of world, because you wouldn't, but what I'm saying is it is amazing is what I'm saying. And yet with all of that, people are still hungering for God. Hallelujah. They're hungering for the spirit of the Lord. Now, I don't mean by that that uh, like I I will get this rather rather often. People will say, well, I I would love to know how to, to get the Holy Ghost like. But my, my church, they usually have little things to add in. My church now, my church. One guy said, well, at my church, they, they call 911 if you raise your hand like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I couldn't get the Holy Ghost at my church uh, like that. And I said, well, you don't have to get the Holy Ghost at church. I said, you could get the Holy Ghost right here, right now. <laughs> and that's when they go, well, I've got to go. Uh, but but still, they're, they're thinking in their mind, that's intriguing to me because they don't even know why. How many knows that, uh, that there are no other creatures in the planet that speak languages? Birds make sounds and they do communicate, but they don't speak languages. Now, there are those that theorize. For example, they tried to teach monkeys and, and uh, they tried for so long that it drove the scientists cuckoo because they thought they could, they thought since they thought we came from monkeys that they could now then go and teach the monkeys. We'd speed up evolution for those monkeys. And and all of that. Of course, that's been long ago. That's long over because it's not possible. There are no monkeys. There are no apes. There are no dogs. There are no cats uh, that. Um, That's all make-believe, of course, but it's not actual. And yet, God gave man the power of speech. Literally, you were created. The very first thing that happened when Adam breathed his first breath was he spoke. He spoke to God. 
God spoke to him and he understood it. It was natural. I've off, of course, I teach several languages and I have an ancient degree language major uh, a degree. I have a master's degree in ancient language. And so people will often say, it's not possible. I mean, it's not possible for people to speak in a language they don't know. And I said, of course it's not. That's the whole point. Be like saying, this refrigerator just dropped on me. And I can't get it off. And you go, it's, it's a refrigerator. No, you're not going to speak in tongues because it's possible. You're going to speak in tongues. Now, it's possible to learn a language. For example, I speak English. Uh, and probably most of you speak English, you know, really well. And you're, it, you can teach that to a child you can begin to teach a child i mean almost um, as a baby they can begin to make their first words no matter what that language may be not just english of course because the human mind what i'm trying to show you is the human mind not a monkey's mind but a human mind is able to comprehend and then mimic the sounds that it hears because we were created we we didn't evolve to it by the way we were created with this ability to communicate with god why don't we just lift our hands and say thank you jesus lord i want to lift my voice and thank you because of the power of god that you have caused to be real in my life. All right, so let's go. I know you're familiar with this, so let's keep going. So they spoke with other tongues. Let's go to the next one. You can see the flames kind of in this one. This one's more or less a cartoon. But speaking in tongues is uh, essential, that is, to the evidence of the Spirit. Someone said, why, do, why in the Bible did they speak in tongues? Because the Lord used language as the sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So someone says, well, I'm hungry for the Holy Ghost. Well, then pray that God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And when he does, it's kind of like when a baby's born, they breathe and, and they cry. A baby cries. Galatians tells us that this is the way it is with the Spirit. You begin to cry out, oh, help me, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. And then all of a sudden, you begin to speak with other tongues. And of course, uh, Tongue-speaking churches are the fastest-growing churches and now the largest in the world. So here we are. Someone says, why is that? That's because people are hungering for the Holy Ghost. They want to know what the Holy Ghost is all about. So they're both essential and they're beneficial. Everybody say beneficial. All right? There are several things about them. For example, I give you a couple. Let's not read those. But um, look at the, if you can read that at the bottom, uh, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf in prayer so when the spirit has filled you now uh i don't i want to i don't want to take this too far because every one of these points are major studies in themselves but so the spirit intercedes on your behalf let's say for example your child is born and they don't think uh that it's going to have uh it's not breathing properly. And you begin to pray and the spirit is able to intercede on your behalf. Now someone, I know, I know someone's going to say, well, I, I don't have to do that. I'm not talking about saying you have to pray in other tongues or you have to pray a certain way. No, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that the benefit of the spirit is that it takes you into a dimension that is beyond just you saying words and hoping out there that it's going to happen. Romans 8 says that the spirit prays through you with groaning. See this? We're right here. 
groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, you, they're not things you can say yourself. The Spirit prays through you. Now, for example, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I, I do, but I got, Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost, but I got to keep moving. Okay, now, here's, here's what we do. Now, watch me. You can tell I don't have to use words to speak. Okay? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak. I'm going to try to speak to you. Here we go. So you get that. Or I could go. <sighs> See, I just spoke to you. Or I can do this. Or I could do this. Never said a word. You see, what, what I'm trying to say is that we can uh, speak. Now, we're not actually speaking uh, verbal language. I'm not, I don't mean that. Verbal language is verbal language. But you can still speak. And the same is true in the spirit. When you begin to pray in the spirit, you, for example, when you do this, someone said, why do you raise your hands? Well, let's say you wanted to pray like this. do this. Lord, answer my prayer. How many knows that there's never been a prayer answered like that? No, but when you do this, Lord, I, I pray that you will help me. They don't know if my baby's lungs are going to open up and I got to go back at two in the morning and I don't know what we're going to do, Lord. And then that tear runs on. Do you know what that tear says to God? It talks. I'm just telling you. The Bible says he, he sees your tears. And it also says in Revelation, he bottles every tear you ever. Those are like prayers, he said. Oh, oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, so what I'm telling you is the spirit, when you have the spirit. Someone said, a lot of times people say, do you, I'll say, do you have the spirit? And they say, well, I don't know. Well, I said, well, then you don't. <laughs> You're going to love me when this lesson's over. Do we have any more time? Yes. Okay, not much. All right, so if you have the Holy Ghost, it'd be like saying, do you have a $100 million? I don't know. Well, you don't then. Because people that have $100 million know all about it. And if you have the Spirit, you know all about it. I do, though, I want to, uh, I want to go back, though, because there are Christians who tell me, well, I have the Holy Spirit. But I didn't get it like they did, like the book of Acts. And I will say, well, then you're describing having the spirit in a way different from what happened there. Therefore, the experience is different. So do you want just to have the spirit the way you have it? Or do you want to experience what the New Testament Christians experience? You have to decide that. And someone said, well, in my church, it's not allowed. You can't speak in tongues. I said, but you can't allow that to keep you from receiving what you're longing for. And so more and more churches are saying, well, we're not. Uh, I, I talk to pastors all over town that say, no, we I had a pastor here the other day said, I know we don't preach speaking in tongues, but a lot of our people speak in tongues. I said, what are you going to do when they all start speaking? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just giving them a hard time because I said, you know, if you keep that up, you're going to have a whole church full of people speaking in tongues because you get what you preach and what you believe. Praise God. Okay, now let's go to the next one because my time, my time, my time. Oh, my goodness gracious. You folks have held me up. All right. So... 
a second benefit is that the spirit is like uh, oil. And, and, and the Bible says, for example, I've given you three scriptures. Uh, the first one's in 2 Corinthians. He, uh, I didn't, I'm, that's not correct. Now, he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. So it's God that anoints us. That's, that we're just uh, trying to set up this question of what is anointing. For example, there's anointing in this room right now. The, the anointing of the spirit. And sometimes, the, let me tell you where you hardly ever feel the anointings in a bar room. Bar rooms, hardly any anointing in there. So I, say, I don't feel the Lord in here. Yeah, he's, he's not in there. <laughs> uh, he, he's going somewhere. He's not in there. And, and places like, say, slave ships, there's, there's no Holy Ghost there. No, no. No, no. Some people think that the Lord just walks in there with the scum and, and they're murdering children. And, and what would they call this? Uh, grabbing kids and running with them. How about this recent case where uh, a family murdered their own children and buried them in the backyard? I, I mean, I have wept all week over this family. I, I just want to say it. I don't know. I know I have to be careful. I don't know these people, but I, there wasn't much Holy Ghost around that place. You say, are you judging? Yes. I'm saying that if you're about to murder someone, there's not going to be much anointing on your life. You are destitute. You are in trouble. But when you walk into the presence of God and say, Lord, pour the oil of your spirit upon me, that is the anointing of God. doesn't matter where you are. Praise God. Now, I want to, let's see, uh, I'm, I'm counting it in seconds, all right? Now, notice that last verse, 2 Corinthians one twenty one. But ye have an unction, which is just a, uh, that unction is a Latin word for anoint. All right, so, but ye have an unction from the Holy One. That is meaning, of course, Jesus. The Holy One is Jesus. And you know all things. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now restate that because that doesn't mean you know uh Everything God knows, it doesn't mean that. It means that you know how to discern everything. The devil walks in, you go, you feel that. That's the unction. See, you know everything. You, there's no fool in you. Because someone comes in and said, man, I've been a Christian and I've been... And suddenly you feel it. There's an unction. And, and the devil says, why don't you go do that? Why don't you go along with him? And the Holy Ghost says, ah, uh-uh, don't you go there. And you know it's not what God wants you to do. And the Holy Ghost begins to talk to you. Could we pray together? I've got to stop. But I want us to pray that God will lead and guide us and pour his anointing upon us. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you can guide us every step. I pray for each and every one that the the presence of God and the blessing of God will be upon them. And Lord, this is why people are hungry for the Holy Ghost. They want something more. They want something more. Praise God. You'd be surprised the people I talked to that said, I wish our church believed in healing. They said, my church never has a prayer line. And I said, well, I'm sure if you, you know, I understand. They said, I wish I could experience the power of God in a way where I could see the miraculous. I said, well, we all desire that. That's because God gave you that desire in your soul. Everybody said amen. All right, let's stand together, shall we?